Hey everybody, welcome to Family Church Podcast. My name is Chuck Carter. I'm the lead pastor here at Family Church, Family Church Central Florida. That's and right. I'll explain a little bit later why I've made that <laughs> clarification on this one. And as always, we're, I'm joined with... I'm Felipe Mendez, your online pastor here at Family Church Podcast. And uh, we're today coming to you from... Family Church, South Florida. Mm -hmm. right. uh, in fact, this is the original <laughs> Family Church. This is where we got our name. Oh uh, we had we had hired <laughs> a group to come in and to um, kind of give us some ideas. We were First Baptist Windermere, but three of our campuses were nowhere near Windermere. We needed to rebrand. And after several failed attempts, yeah. I just came in and said, look, I love the name Family Church. It sounds great. And everybody yeah. agreed. And so we became a Family Church in Central Florida. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons that we are here today, it's pretty much to, you know, we're going to have this, we're going to be listening from Seth. And also, you want to stick to the very end where Chuck will bring us someone has to say it. Uh, Seth is my oldest son. That is true. And uh, you've been on this staff how long now? Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be seven years uh, in in September. That's awesome. Yeah. So share with everybody. So this is one of our first podcasts where we're doing where we're we're talking to other churches. Mm -hmm. And what what better church than one that shares so much uh, DNA and value yeah. and mission together? Talk first of all about what you do, and then give us an idea of the vision of Family Church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, you know, I started off at Family Church um, in a worship role. I was a worship pastor for um, almost five years here at, oh, wow. at, at Family Church. Um, and uh, about three years ago, uh, in fact, it was a one week before the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic mm. uh, hit. Yeah. Um, I had accepted a new position in our role. Our, our lead pastor, uh, Pastor Jimmy, just talked to me about his heart for um, just increasing the amount of creativity and wanting to put more resources behind that mm -hmm. um, uh, from our church. And we didn't have a creative team at that moment, but he he was looking for someone to build that. And uh, and to to start that off, and um, he knew that that was a big passion of mine, and so um, he asked me if I would be willing to to take on that role. I you know, to me, that's kind of a dream job. Um, I had no clue that uh, <laughs> we would be solving you know all the problems that all of us kind of navigated. Um, yeah, a so week you later. got this role, then immediately every church had to go into creative mode because yes. nothing was happening in-house anymore, right? Yes. Uh, a lot of people talk to me as if like, oh man, it's such an answer to prayer uh, that, that we got you in this role before the pandemic hit. And I would always, I always thought that was such an odd thing to say because I was like, I've only been in this job for a week. Like, That's right. I don't know what I'm <laughs> you, doing. Like, you didn't have a lot to pull from. Yeah. Right? Uh, there was no experience there. Um, everybody was in that role yeah, now. We had for, a week head start. <laughs> That's, That's all we had. I was putting together a live stream equipment and stuff mm -hmm. just because we need something better right before the pandemic. So I was sitting down with Mark Goff. Remember that? Yeah. Russ Donahue, Craig, and myself at Paloma's Coffee. is the little coffee shop we have at, in, in, in Windermere. And we spent time researching things. Oh, this will be the best equipment for sound. This will be the best equipment for cameras and stuff. We had no idea what the pandemic was yeah, about We were already preparing for exactly. it. Exactly. And, and by the you know, way, our live stream was horrendous Ooh, before that. It was that. so bad. It was, it was so terrible. Bad. You know, the production quality was not there. Uh, how many uh, campuses are y'all up to now? 
So right now we're at 14, about to add a 15th in the fall. That's awesome. We're yeah. five and we well, think we, that's we, a, Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. much, you know, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. So, um, <laughs> so tell us about the vision for that. Because most churches, uh, you know, it's like, how many can you get under one roof mm-hmm. and all that? So talk about why 13, 14 campuses. Uh, well, you know, for, uh, over a decade ago, we uh, we were blessed with um, uh, you know our lead pastor Jimmy Scroggins. He, yeah, he came. Love that guy. Um, he came down and uh, he had a specific vision for for our city and and uh, a ministry model that he thought could be pretty pretty effective for us, uh, which was selectively abandoning the regional megachurch model mm-hmm. of. Hey, let's build as big of a building as possible, as as many uh, programs, and and run the whole circus underneath one roof, and get as you know, um, as soon as you run out of space there, just add add an addition onto the building, and yeah. you know, um, and and if it's a big enough attraction, people will drive from any distance. And what we then turned and leaned into was the neighborhood church. Uh, and so we are actually uh, we're actually right now at a conference called the power of the neighborhood church here at at family church in South Florida, um, where, uh, we decided to go where the people were. Mm -hmm. And so our, our vision now is, uh, to put neighborhood churches in every neighborhood in South Florida, to take the gospel to every neighborhood and every person in South Florida. Our vision is to help, uh, help families discover and pursue God's design. And so we believe the church is the vehicle that God has chosen for that. Um, the, the ministry model, you know, for us to, accomplish that we found a lot of uh, a lot of success in smaller neighborhood churches uh, with a neighborhood pastor that speaks the neighborhood language mm-hmm. um, and uh, that we've seen a lot of um, amazing fruit uh, from that over the past 10 years uh, where uh, the pastor has enough bandwidth in their local community uh, to be known to be um, uh, to be you know the hands and feet of Jesus in their neighborhood mm-hmm. um, they you know they're seen as kind of a community figure, right? Um, but uh, you know, like we've even been talking about this week as we've been preparing for this conference, um, you know, being bound to a locality isn't a weakness; it's a strength, right? It gives you focus. It allows uh, somebody to to really put down roots, um, just like you wouldn't try to lead more than one family, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're you know you're you're called to lead your family, mm-hmm. and uh, we've really found uh, that God has blessed that and. Um, it's been something that it's been a wild ride. We definitely don't know uh, what we're doing because uh, we don't have a lot of people to look to. That's right. As You're we, trailblazers in this. Um, you know, but yeah. it's, but, the, but the cool thing exciting. like of you being the creative pastor here, uh, we get to share, you know, uh, uh, struggles that we face throughout the process of creating new things. Yeah. And then as we achieve those successfully, we can share, hey, this is how I achieved this, and yeah. I can share this information with you. So you guys are providing us a lot of resources that we can reuse and maybe apply to our communities and yeah. test if this will work for us, or maybe we can adapt that. And the same, in the same hand, you can also pull something from us that you guys need as well. So we are in this leadership community based mm-hmm. of we can, you know, share yeah, resources. Just around. like they have 14 campuses, we have a friendship between our churches, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's been good. Uh, let me just say, because um, we're going to get close to the end here, why I think this is so brilliant. Uh, first of all, you've already mentioned a lot of the reasons. You have neighborhood pastors speaking the neighborhood language. 
Um, but let me get the practical side of it. Yep. The attractional church model that built the huge buildings that, that sat 3,000. First of all, that was a boomer phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Boomers are getting old. That's no longer what the next generation mm -hmm. desires. Yeah. Uh, they look more towards the Dunbar principle that says you can know 120 people, mm -hmm. and they want smaller, they want intimate. So there's th that the culture is moving in that direction anyway. Um, secondly, what we've seen post-pandemic is those large attractional churches are having a hard time getting people to come back. In fact, the larger the church and the more urban the church, the, the larger the percentage of people who've not returned. The smaller the church and the more rural the church, the higher percentage has returned. So even though you're basically in an urban-suburban context, the fact that they're smaller communities, they're returning quicker. And we've, we've seen that also. Um, and so I think that's brilliant. And then we've talked about this in a previous podcast, um, most pastors are not leaders. Mm. Most pastors are shepherds. Mm -hmm. That's why they get in the ministry. They love people. They want to love on people. So, so they don't know how to make those strategic moves because they're just not natural leaders. They know how to love on the people well. So you have a pastor who's a leader, who's a strategist, mm -hmm. who can build a structure so that those pastors can thrive. Yeah. And, and I think that's where our culture is moving, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's partnerships, whether it's, um, uh, you know, um, whatever we want to call it, it's going to have to be churches working together to mm -hmm. reach their communities. And, uh, and man, we're so proud of you and what you're doing here mm -hmm. in, in Family Church. I love the fact that we can, we can do this together. Uh, and Philippe, any other questions for Seth? Well, Seth, uh, one of my last questions for you will be like, as a creative pastor here yeah. at Family Church, we've been talking about how we can improve our you know, production of value in our church to reach more people with quality. We've been talking about this in the previous episode. Yeah. What advice you can, be, you can give someone that is starting to think about improving their church experience? Uh, well, I, the, one of the biggest things, as I would say, is find, uh, find the, the, the places where you actually need to improve your production value. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest things that we found is sometimes you, you have a lot of wasted energy in trying to raise the floor of every single, uh, every single thing that you do, when really nobody's actually asking for this thing to, to feel more like a Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. um, but they really would appreciate it if it sounded better or, you know, um, this, that, or the other. And so we actually have done a lot of targeted uh, improvements rather than like a sweeping change to, hey, we're going to, you know, just because, you know, um, the, the current Hollywood technology is this. We don't tend to take our cues from that. We, we try to let form follow function, right? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, whatever our needs are, a, a great example of that is the fact that, you know, um, we, we have democratized our, our baptism videos, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we found, uh, you know, in an age, uh, this is something that tech companies have, have kind of already, you know, are you know, already gotten to where um, we're realizing on social media platforms, people are very willing to watch videos that are just filmed with, yeah. you know, uh, things that fit in, in into your pocket. And so we said, well, as our church baptizes so many people, we're, we're seeing um, just an incredible movement of God's faithfulness right now. 
I think we're, as we sit right now, we're at 152 weeks in a row of baptizing people, hey, man. which is yeah. incredible to see. Uh, also for, a, you know, uh, we run at Family Church, we staff pretty, pretty thin on, on, you know, on the, on the creative front where we don't have a creative person at every campus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times it's an impossibility to, to, to be everywhere all at once, being able to then, uh, pass out, you know, everybody's got an iPhone. If you're present at the baptism, the campus pastor, then being the person responsible for making sure their baptism is filmed. Um, they're not all going to be Steven Spielberg. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but that's okay. That's totally fine. And so it's kind of like picking and choosing. We, we pick that battle as, hey, that's going to be a pretty... Uh, you know, the production value is going to be low, but the value is going to be high because our reach is going to extend. Um, And for those who may not know, I mean, you baptize in the ocean, you baptize in pools, swimming pools, you baptize in in uh, just anywhere you find water, some places, mm-hmm. right? If you so have water it's all over, just yeah. submerge someone. That's it. But I would say, um, as a general practice, though, of improving your production quality, um, you know, we could we could talk for seven hours on how to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, I, if we're going to talk pretty broad brush about that, uh, I cannot stress enough how important it is the people that are excellent at at, at improving at, at Purdue improving production quality it's not about how much money they spend it's about how much attention to detail they show every single item and the ability to effectively prioritize the right things mm-hmm. right yeah. and so they can selectively abandon this is not important this doesn't have the right amount of impact so i'm going to spend the least amount of time on this but this is incredibly important every eye on in my church is going to see this they're going to see it multiple times well immediately they their attention to detail on that yeah. item skyrockets. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how we try to lead our team, our creative team here uh, at Family Church, and it it, it shows a lot of uh, uh, important dividends for us. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, every podcast we go off with one of my um, somebody has to say it. That is correct. You know, uh, my brain is filled with things that I just think <laughs> it is obvious, but nobody ever says it. So here's my somebody has says it for this podcast. Uh, you go to the mall or you go to a big box store and there's a person who drives for 10, 15 minutes trying to find a closer parking spot to the door. Gotcha. Now, I'm not talking handicap. I'm just talking about they're lazy, right? <laughs> and so they're trying to... Look, that's the person who needs to park as far away from the store oh as they can gosh, and get gosh. in as many steps as they can, because that may be the only steps they're getting in that day. Look, <laughs> somebody needs to say it. Just park where you, there's an open space and walk, okay? <laughs> well, All right, sign us out, Felipe. So I thank you, Seth, one more time to Absolutely. be here with us. You guys also have a podcast, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Church yes. for the Rest of Us We've podcast. Got, All we- you have to do is... Google Church. Yeah, Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Um, in fact, you know, we have a lot of podcasts in our Family Church uh, yeah. podcasting network, mm-hmm. Mom Village, Peculiar People. Oh, that's cool. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of different things. If you if you Google Family Church Network or uh, Church for the Rest of Us podcast, you'll you'll uh, find and this And this is available on YouTube, Spotify. Everywhere the podcasts are found. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Excellent. Thank you one more time. Guys, thank you for being with us. And let's keep being the church. Thank you.